0: Welcome to That 30s Show, a podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, and the surprising parts of our 30s. I'm G, and I'm finally 30. I'm excited to find out if 30 really is the new 20, because if it is, then the best years are yet to come.
1: And I'm David. I'm entering my mid-30s. I used to have no back pain or trouble sleeping. But now, I live off a healthy diet of self-help books and dream of being in bed by 10pm every night. Join us each week as we try to figure out together what life in your 30s is all about.
0: Welcome back to That 30s Show, everyone.
1: Welcome back, Welcome back,
0: David. Nice to have you back.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for holding down the fort last week. I'm sorry for for being away, but you were awesome I, I I've told you this, but uh I'm sure everyone listening will agree it was so it was such a like it was like your episode was kind of like a like a cup of coffee in the morning you know it just <laughs> it just hits the- hits the spot it's nothing too much but uh it's 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 kind of light it's uh short and sweet is what what one of my uh friends told me
0: yeah, yeah I didn't realize how short it was gonna be until after I recorded it um but yeah. Like, you know, not too many thoughts there. So I just got to the point. Um, but no, it was it was fun. I just it's just kinda awkward to like record yourself over video by yourself.
1: Yeah. The video part is weird, I guess. But uh Yeah.
0: I'm like, yeah, where should I great. look? You There's have... no one to look at and
1: <laughs> Well, that's what YouTubers do, right? They gotta yeah. talk to the camera all the time.
0: You're I've scared. always had such a like high respect for youtubers and vloggers because i'm like you're just staring into this little hole in your camera and trying to talk to it as if you're talking to friends yeah it's it's pretty challenging
1: i think i think you get used to it soon yeah but yeah when you first start out um Yeah. yeah so uh this week it's just you and i but uh this is some. This is one of the new. This episode is one of the new formats we want to sort of um, rotate through. But this will be the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I don't know if we have a name. I sh- we haven't come up with a name for it. We should probably come up with a name for it. But uh, mm-hmm. the the point the, the fact is that we're both pretty. I don't say nerdy about some things, but uh, uh, you read a lot and you listen to podcasts and maybe articles or you, there's ways that you self improve through learning, right? Mm-hmm. um and that's the same same for me i i think we both read fiction but do, do you think you read non-fiction more or fiction
0: more i've actually been reading a lot more like fiction over the past oh, really? year or so um i don't know it's just been fun to like read it like to use my imagination more i guess so
1: and i think you've told me before your favorite fiction genre is like post-apocalyptic uh what was it the dystopias
0: yeah i used to read a lot of those like books where it's so twisted and you live in this like alternate reality um alternate universe type of thing like margaret atwood books i really enjoyed (laughs) so yeah but these days i've been reading a lot of like light chiclet books actually just (laughs) random fun books yeah
1: well, today I don't know if you you have actually we haven't really shared with each other what we have brought to the table, uh, whether it's books or not. But certainly, uh, we won't spend you know much time talking about any any fiction books because there's not as much learning <laughs> to share there. But while on the topic, before we move on, what is like your favorite fiction title you've read in recent memory that you might recommend to the general audience?
0: recent okay i've recently been rereading the harry potter books because i always like to read them around this time so my recent and that's actually harry potter i kept like i've been really binging through the the series you read through for the entire
1: series that's a long oh that's yeah a, that's, a, that's a I do
0: that like i, I don't want to say every year but like maybe once every other year
1: you know one of our mutual friends who also loves harry potter i have her on Goodreads, and she has literally been she started reading philosopher's stone like a few days ago and then yeah. i see that she like finished it and now she's reading Chamber of Secrets so you usually yeah. go talk to her you yeah. probably know who I'm talking about
0: <laughs> I, I kind of like jump around <laughs> I don't always read like in order but
1: what's your favorite Harry Potter book
0: um probably Goblet of Fire really, I
1: really that's, like a, that one. that's not a common favorite I think
0: really what's the common favorite
1: um I think Prisoner of Azkaban at least the movie people like the movie for Prisoner of Azkaban um
0: oh I yeah I know
1: why, why do you like Goblet of Fire? Okay, this is not a Harry Potter podcast, but <laughs> this is very interesting to me because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan.
0: I think I was just, like, it just brings back the nostalgia. I think because I, w- I started reading Harry Potter um, when the third book was released. And so for the fourth book, I remember just, like, being one of the, p- the kids who, like, yeah. anticipated yeah, yeah, yeah. the release of it. Yeah, I, and was, then when I it fi- was the same. Yeah, and then when it finally came out, I was like, this is, like, such a cool... I guess the concept was a bit different. Um, I don't know. And I love the movie too. So I think that was like nice. the one where I really got into like the anticipation of Harry Potter. Yeah. And so that's always oh, just yeah. like nostalgic to me. I always enjoy that one.
1: Interesting. Um, okay, well, let's get back on track here because um, <laughs> we, well, I mean, there's a lot to learn about, uh, learn from fiction books, but it's harder to translate that those learnings from fiction books to to an audience. But yeah, Um, I think what we're talking about is that we both listen to podcasts and books and uh, read books and articles. And a lot of these, a lot of this content that we consume is very related to our theme, which is kind of basically living our best lives in our 30s. -hmm. Uh, How to live happier, how to live healthier, how to be our best selves, how to, I don't know, you know, all that good stuff. And um, we want to take, you know, once a month or so take some time to share all that good information that we've been consuming. So I, I'm going to suggest that we start with your uh, learnings because uh, as everyone knows, if you give me an hour, I will fill that hour. So um, why don't we start with you?
0: Sure. Uh, I mean, is, I, I was just going to bring forward the last um, nonfiction book that I read and like just some concepts or some interesting thoughts. Uh, What's the title? From the book. It's called Powerful Focus um and this is like i don't know because it's been a theme i think for the whole year for me we've talked about this a lot you know like Focus. distractions focusing like removing distractions from your life like all the uh the social media that we've got at our hands all these like little unnecessary distractions that we have all day every day and so i feel like i've been trying to improve this for the past while now because i'm often someone that gets distracted so That's easily awesome. Um, so I feel like everything that I've been consuming, which is kind of ironic because I just consume a lot of content about distractions, which is a distraction <laughs> in and of itself, I feel like.
1: That's so interesting because one of the most recent nonfiction books I read was also about focus. It was called Stolen Focus, Why We right. Can't Pay Attention. you mentioned that. By yeah, Johan yeah, yeah. Hari. Yeah, it's um, so we're both trying to focus better. You know, you know it'd be... Before I share with you what title I brought today, um, on the topic of focus really quickly, I recently downloaded and paid for um, an app called Freedom. And it was after a day where I spent most of it wasting away. And I'm like, okay, enough of this shit. <laughs> like, David, mm-hmm. you know, like find a way to do this, to figure this out. Yeah. And then so it's, and I mean, it's this is nothing uh, revel- revelatory, but for me, I haven't really used it before, which is just an app blocker. And it's very... And people were like, oh, what's the point? It's so easy to um, get around those. But I was like, no, 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 no. This is like legit. I I have it blocked on my computer, on my phone, on every web browser you can use, on every app. Like there's no way to access it. In fact, you and I, as you might know, I was like, we had to respond to some Instagram messages for our pod. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I have Instagram blocked until midnight. I can't (laughs) access it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, when I read that, I was like, wow, David, good for you. He's really taking control of his his distractions and not letting them you know take over yeah so the book talks about like there are seven it's basically seven days of exercises that you're supposed to go through and each day is like something different to try and bring like your focus back I was going to talk about the first few days because those are kind of like trying to identify your life goals and like meaning because the idea is that you can't you can't focus on something if you don't actually know what it is that you want to achieve. Like you have to be able to identify what your goals in life are in order to like mm-hmm. focus on achieving them. I wasn't really going to talk about that because I was really looking for like tangible things that I could do to improve my focus. Cause it's not like, it's not like my life goals aren't getting achieved. It's more like every single day I want to be like, like, mm-hmm. Uh, more focused in life and not well
1: it's it's a good point though because um actually the book grit talks about this too which is that successful people don't only have an ability to work hard and be resilient they have um a very very deep understanding of what they want Mm -hmm. which means that they have very clear direction and so you can't just have hard work and perseverance and resilience without direction because uh hard work is not you know so it's so maybe for you it's it's not a really a big factor because you have direction, maybe. Um, but as we sort of maybe talked about with Michael, um it's it's important to find that direction. Otherwise, if you work very hard, it's to what end if you're not mm-hmm. working towards a worthy goal.
0: Yeah. So I, I do feel like the book was really looking at the big picture of things and it was like focusing on um like what you want to get out of life and your goals and your the the pathway to take, to get there. Uh, but I, I found the second half really interesting where, uh, he talks about how to kind of simplify your life from all these little unnecessary distractions. Um, I mean, a lot of these ideas we've talked about them before, obviously. So it's nothing, nothing new, but the first one is like practicing ruthless elimination. So, Basically, going to do an inventory and removing all the things that don't truly matter until only, like, like, the key tasks remain. So, basically, in your day, like, you take an inventory of, like, all all of your distractions that don't matter towards, like, what you want to get out of, like, your goals and how to achieve your mm-hmm. goals. So, I guess it's all the distractions that we've talked about in the past, right? Like, social media. I don't know. um probably mostly social media for me
1: (laughs) this is just social media god
0: (laughs) yeah it's a social media thing i don't know netflix youtube um it's also i think yeah he was also talking about say like you go uh you've been i don't know volunteering something for for years and that's something that like really is just something that you're doing every week but it's not bringing you or others like much value like I don't know volunteering for the PTA meetings or something like that but there's a lot of things that's taking up a lot of time and space in your life like do an inventory and remove a lot of those things to sort of free up your time to do the Mm. things that you want to do um I
1: have an unhelpful tangent which is you know I talked about many episodes ago how I quit Netflix
0: yeah did you get it back
1: Netflix i i resubscribe but on the ad version okay <laughs> do you know there's an advert ad here it's like six bucks or something it's really that. cheap yeah but you can get it it's full 1080p two devices two screens but you get ads but the ads are not bad at all it's like 15 seconds or 30 seconds every like hour
0: so that's how they get you <laughs> that's but how they get bad. you back
1: so like the reason I got it back is because I wanted to watch um, my my, my girlfriend's never watched Black Mirror so I wanted to show her some episodes yeah and I was like okay where do I watch Black Mirror it's like a very Netflix show yeah Um, so it's I guess I'll just get Netflix back and then I started watching a few episodes the first episode of Love is Blind season 5 and it sucks and uh
0: oh yeah. my gosh so now we can talk about trashy tv shows again because you're back on netflix on the and next you can episode g yeah. and david break
1: down love is blind season five honestly
0: i think that'd be a really popular <laughs> it could be a bonus episode. episode
1: for our patreons which we don't have because we don't have a patreon <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> okay i want to wanna,
0: you i want to talk about um i want to talk about the the next thing before i uh before i get your thoughts because I, I feel like okay uh you might relate but this this One of the techniques under that is um, the blank slate technique, which is rather than – like, this is the opposite. So rather than eliminating activities, like clear your entire schedule and add back in only things, only the vital activities in your day. And it's kind of like – doing a spring cleaning so you clean out everything from your apartment and bringing back only what you think is necessary and you realize that there are so many things that you haven't used in years or activities that you do in a day that aren't actually required Mm -hmm. um so this is like the the opposite technique uh i wonder
1: uh, that reminds me of shopify which is a company that did that with meetings they went yeah, in yeah, yeah. and canceled everyone's meetings and it's like we're not not letting you have meetings but we want you to think intentionally about it and so you can add back as many meetings as you want but mm-hmm. like as a starting point all meetings are canceled
0: we're kind of doing something like that at work too it's like a bit of a restructure because we have new really?
1: um,
0: like leadership the government and- of
1: canada is innovating
0: I think it's just because there's a change in leadership and we're reorganizing all the meetings, but um, yeah, like taking a look at each meeting and being like, do we actually need this or is this just another meeting for the sake of meeting? And this could have been an email. We have so many of those.
1: most meetings could have been email. I, I heard on a podcast. Um, I can't remember who it was now. Um, maybe I'll try and link in the show notes when I dig into it. But this person, oh, actually, it was Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss meant, uh, framed the meetings as as is this way, which is I think fascinating. He said that meetings are a conven- Meetings are a tool for the for those in power to conveniently deliver information at their convenience. It's not. It, it, it meetings serve the person, the host. It does not serve the attendees, mm. because uh, if it's like a one, if it's a if it's a one way uh, uh, form of communication, then you can either send it in an email, or actually this is what I did which, uh one time, which is you can just record yourself, and then you send it to people, and then when you actually have a meeting. You can just have it solely for the Q&A, solely for the discussion. If there's something mm. that doesn't require active discussion, it does not need to be a meeting. Like, yeah. So.
0: Like information I out. This,
1: yeah. So I've been in workplaces um, where they have meetings where it's just people just go around and update each other.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <sighs> Kill me now. <down.
0: laughs> but sometimes discussions are generated based on those updates. So.
1: Yes. So my point is, let's share our updates through email, and then we meet for 10 oh. minutes. Anyone have thoughts or questions yeah. about those? That's it. That's a great don't, idea. Don't do any meetings unless it requires active discussion. Otherwise, mm-hmm. record a video or send it as an email. That's how I would run my company if I owned a company.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think that's a great idea. Se- sounds very productive to me, but I... I wanted to get your thoughts on these two like practice practicing ruthless elimination and the blank slate technique because I know that you have your schedule and like you just seem like such a busy person like it sounds like you have so many activities on your schedule and you try to a- adhere to those mm-hmm. schedules very closely and so like do you find that you have things on your calendar or schedule that might not necessarily need to be there so that you can free up time to do things that you...
1: Yeah, I did actually reorganize my system of how I go through my tasks and daily to-dos and stuff uh, a few months ago. And, I, and re- in reorganizing that, I sort of did what you suggested, which is mm-hmm. I went through every single item and asked myself, does this have to be here? <laughs> or like in, at what time of day or what priority is this? And so I sort of did that and I did eliminate some things um but uh but no I still kept I still keep a lot like I mean if I look at my morning routine like there's a lot of little steps here but I um but you know the other thing that I I recently uh, reorganized my my home and sort of basically sort of went through every single thing and it just reminds me of how many things I own and I'm already someone who doesn't own a lot because I've moved like uh, over a dozen times in my life yeah and so every time I move I, I, I call things but like, I have a few boxes of things where I just... Because I didn't have enough time to ro- organize properly. So I just threw it in those boxes. These like There's these two boxes, which is... The category is... These are things that I just never really touch. And I don't really need easy access to. So let me just put in these boxes and maybe I'll yeah. like, shove it on the balcony. And then, so in a way, I'm just like, asking myself, maybe I should just fucking throw these two boxes out. Because these are boxes of things that either I think I they're based on things that i might need yeah. so i don't want to throw it out or things I, that I need once every two years right like for example i have this tool that my mom bought me it's it it it, it's, it basically is a hole punch for belts <laughs> so if you want to, you know add a hole to your belt to either you know increase or decrease the 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 yeah. width, the, yeah. the circumference of yeah. the of the belt this is like a heavy duty thing that allows you to punch a hole through your belt
0: you're like, what happens if one day I gain, like, 30 pounds and I need, <laughs> I need to... So, uh,
1: I've had this thing for, like, five, six, seven years, and I used it for the first time, like, six months ago.
0: Yeah. So, I, I, <laughs> I, I, mean, I used sense.
1: it, but then I might not use it again for another seven years. So, should I just throw it away? Or donate it, rather? I mean,
0: yeah. these There's so many little tools that you never use. So, that's have, exactly have, have the you, point... Have you heard like, of,
1: like, minimalism? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing, right?
0: Yeah. Marie, There's, Marie like, these Condor. people who own, like,
1: 20, 20 objects in their life.
0: I know. Well, so that's the point of the whole blank slate technique is if you remove everything from your home you and you add back in only what you think you need and actually use, you'll probably find that, like, you can be minimalistic because you, you're you only using, like, a few things in your life. And the rest are just there collecting dust, so rather than like removing all those things, you should blank slate it. I think that's a better technique. Maybe I'll ch- like try and implement it because if I well, only bring in the things that I cl- need
1: do you have that do you have that problem with clothes or like fashion: It's accessories, not
0: clothes but- it's just like yeah, I mean clothes and stuff because my space is so small that I can only have like a few things so um for a while i tried to do the technique of like every new thing i buy i must donate or remove one thing but then Mm -hmm. i kind of fell off the wagon there
1: i I definitely i don't have a lot of clothes but um i definitely get rid of stuff based on like i don't want to get rid of i'm like oh this is such a nice blazer but i'm like david you haven't fucking worn this for five years so like yeah yeah, it's nice but like for whatever reason you just don't wear it so just get rid of it so that's 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 how i'm like i look at something and i and i ask myself if i haven't touched this well it's a bit of a hypocrisy because i kept that belt thing (laughs) (laughs) but if i haven't used this for three years i don't need it and oftentimes like if i go through my stuff and i'm like oh i forgot that even had this or like i'll take out this box i'm like oh i wonder what's in this box if you don't know that thing exists, or you don't yeah. know, or you don't remember that it did exist, you don't need it.
0: You should probably, yeah. You haven't needed it ever, so you probably won't need it ever yeah, again. it's like,
1: I don't even, <laughs> I wouldn't even think I have it if I don't even realize I have it until I see it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Some I've like bought more stuff thinking that I didn't have it, and then I realized that I did have it. Anyways, this is all part of the theme of simplifying your life from unnecessary distractions. <laughs> so... <laughs> this is counting as one of them. I have a couple more. One, uh, So um, sure. the other technique is like, I mean, we've talked about is to minimize distractions. So again, really similar to what we just discussed. Uh, don't start your day by all the dopamine hits and then also engaging in more relaxing activities like the deep breathing, the meditation, relaxing music, mindfulness, stretching to bring your mind back to like a more central place um i think the
1: thing that people struggle with there is they're like oh i'm so busy i have to be productive and like when i'm just like meditating and going for a walk like that's time away from something i could be doing but i think Mm -hmm. what some people don't what people may not realize is that when you take those breaks you become more productive because when you get back to what you're doing you have A better mindset you have a clearer mindset you have more energy and so let's say one hour of work is not all the same one hour of work after a 10 minute meditation is going to be different to one hour of work after you've already worked six hours
0: yeah i think if you're going to distract yourself distract yourself with those you know relaxing activities rather than the uh phone checking and the other Mm. distractions right um
1: I mean, I've gotten pretty extreme with my f- new Freedom app blocker, which is now my, my um, I, I block access to all the social media stuff um, except outside of lunchtime and dinner time.
0: Does this also go for like messaging apps, or no. just social media?
1: Just social yeah, social media. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. Okay, so one concept that I found pretty interesting that I haven't really heard before was he said to reduce the useless input, like absorbing too much information.
1: Yep. Yeah, I've, I've, go on, but I've, I've, I've implemented
0: I've now. not really heard this before nor implemented it because to me, I'm like information overload. Like, give me, like, I wanna read everything, I wanna podcast or yeah. listen to podcasts. But um, he was saying, you know, determine exactly what you're trying to learn or accomplish and gather enough information so that you can turn that like theoretical knowledge into actual wisdom and and practice um Mm -hmm. because and this i've heard because actions obviously you want to implement the things that you're learning and not just learning about them and um you know, Jim Quick always says knowledge is not power. It's like what you do with that knowledge and actually turning it into action. That's the power. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. What, what do you think? Well,
1: it's the it's the idea that or it's the notion that we aren't our brains. We haven't evolved, right, for the past, what, fifty, hundred thousand 100,000 years. So we're not meant to receive this much information. Yeah. We're not meant to process and know this many, this much news and information so this is coming from someone myself who uh is very into current events and news but even even podcasts i've actually dialed back because after i read the stolen focus book i have decided i multitasking is not a thing at least for me mm-hmm. uh, arguably for any anyone yeah. so i have dialed back on how often i listen to podcasts and so for so example if i'm cooking now i don't listen to podcasts because i'm not very really, not a very good cook so i do need to think and concentrate and yeah. so I only listen to podcasts when I'm washing dishes, something that's mindless and routine. I only listen to podcasts when um, I'm driving. Like for me, something mindless and routine. But in those little tasks here and there, I'm not going to listen to podcasts anymore. So I actually listen to a lot less podcasts now because I'm trying to mm-hmm. focus better. Mm-hmm. And also I've stopped watching the news. I've stopped mm-hmm. like following the news. I still get news through my Twitter, but again, I'm not on Twitter as much anymore. Um, and it's just this reality that I don't, do much with this information and i don't need to know a lot of these things and it just creates stress for me like it it doesn't really impact and and if there's just you know that notion right if there's something that's important enough like you will know about it you 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 will find out and you don't need to go and seek that information so i've really dialed back on on my information consumption
0: yeah well have you heard so have you found that in doing that you're you're like reversing your uh learning to action ratio are you taking more action because you're not you know
1: for me it's not i don't that's not my focus it's not taking the action thing maybe it it should be but it's based on your uh you know your book uh yeah but for me it's more about my my mind and sort of my 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 well my mental wellness Mm, and my ability to to focus better yeah it's decluttering my mind i mean stolen focus i should probably just talk about that book instead of Outlive, but Stolen Focus talks a lot about this, which is just this idea that we don't realize how much our mind is stuffed with, like, it's cluttered. And it affects our ability to 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 do to be creative. It affects our ability be, mm. to be productive and mm-hmm. focus. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, less about action for me. It's just about uh, a peace of mind and a clarity of mind.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes I sense. I often will
1: look and look and like, look back on let's say for example i've been I, I try to subscribe to like atlantic weekly or or you know these other sub stacks and stuff and yeah. in my i was just decluttering my email inbox and i realized all these subscriptions I, I i subscribe to i just i never have time to actually read it and then the other day i just clicked on one of the emails and i i, I really like atlantic although i realized it's apparently like super left-leaning which is weird because i'm not not super left-leaning but i really like atlantic And then I looked at it and I was like, oh, oh my gosh, look at all these articles with super fascinating headlines. Oh my gosh, that happened? I didn't know that happened. Oh, this happened? Oh, I need to know. And I'm like, no, 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 David, like you've been fine these past few months without (laughs) reading a single or not even reading without even knowing a single Atlantic article. So I just I don't need to. Yes, there are all these things in life that are interesting that you would like to know, but you can't possibly consume everything. And um, I don't think this is a thing for everyone, but I think it's. It's for me, like one of my top five in Strengths Finders, which is a personality test, is input. So I'm like uncommonly craving input. I like to collect information. So yeah. maybe other people don't have the same challenge.
0: Yeah. I mean, w- whether it's for, um... You know to reduce the amount of information you're consuming and actually implementing and taking action on it or whether it's just reducing for the sake of like having some more mental clarity and not having so many things in your brain all at once um i think it's i think that's a good concept like too you're spending too much way too much time consuming and not enough time implementing i think in the book he was saying like just stop learning for 30 days and actually go and <laughs> go and implement some of the things that you're learning and you'll find that that is more life-changing than just reading, you know. That's
1: that's, that's a really good point, right? Because the like the last episode that you that you that you did like my friend said it was it was a great reminder of all the things I know I should do to to be happy. Well, the problem is that we know all these things, especially this book. You're like, "Oh, you know, nothing's nothing's new." The problem is not that we don't know. Yeah. that we should sleep earlier we don't yeah. it's not that we don't know that we should exercise more it's we're not fucking doing it
0: yeah we so need if to we just spend
1: the time to it, actually just them. implement it instead yeah. of just like reading just another book about i mean this is maybe just talking to myself because i should be doing this myself but instead of just reading books like a book after book about how to be more mindful just like spend that time and actually practice meditation
0: right? yeah the book should have just been like, stop reading this book, <laughs> go do yeah. like the, the first, there's only one line in there, stop reading this book, go out and do all the things that you yeah, already yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, that you
1: already know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll like publish that book and like bec- and become really, really, really famous and, and rich. But um, yeah. like your last, honestly, and I'm not just like uh, putting you, you know, uh showering false praise on you but your last episode those five things that you said everyone knows them everyone Mm -hmm. has heard of them but if you actually just implement and are able to execute on those five things that you talked about you'll be in the top you know twitter lost out you'll be the top one percent top 0.1 yeah like you actually will how many people actually are able to consistently and regularly execute and implement those five things that you talked about not me probably not you not consistently anyway right yeah and so while this is not new, who the, the ability to actually execute and do it is so rare that if you just focus on doing it, you're going to be, you'll be fine. I think like the five things that you talked about, that's all you need to do to live a happy and fulfilled life. If you are actually able to do it, but none of us are.
0: Well, I do most of those things most of the time, which is why I feel like I live a more positive life. But yeah, for sure. The the things that I yeah. read about in in Powerful Focus were yeah, like I said, not groundbreaking earth-shattering things. It's just things that I need to implement. I think sometimes it's it's challenging to like think back to your own life and see how what you can do to implement these things in your, like how to make it work with your own lifestyle. Um, a lot of these like are concepts. So you really have to go back and think about, okay, how do I implement this so that it works for me rather than following exactly what um, what is outlined in the book. But anyways, we're at 40 minutes. I I think that's those are all the things I wanted to talk about from the book, that the key highlights.
1: <laughs> it's, it's ironic because- we're just we just went on and on about how like learn less execute more and yeah. this whole episode is about this is all the things we've been learning
0: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i feel like reading these self-help books are my dopamine hits like i read them and i'm like yes i love it this is a great book i feel like on such a high oh, and then i just That's like so sit there and not implement it so
1: <laughs> okay well, I did spend a lot of time, more than usual, preparing for this episode. So I want to get to yeah. my preparation. I for promise sure. I'll try and make it brief. I promise, but it might not be depending okay. on how much you're interested in it. Okay. Kay. So, um, I've brought uh, some takeaways from a book. I, I, you know, I really want to talk about grit. Mm-hmm. The, the book called Grit by Angela Duckworth. But I realized I kind of talked about it more or less when I when we had that uh, conversation with Michael um about uh hard work and so even though like that book changed my life i'm like okay i kind of already talked about some of those themes there so for what it's worth definitely recommend everyone to read the book grit but today i'm bringing um some of my takeaways from a book called outlive the science and art of longevity by peter atia Mm. a doctor and this book was just recently published in march of this year so it's the most up-to-date the latest science the latest uh, tactics um, for uh, health and longevity. Yeah. So I'll talk a bit more about that. Um, and I've got basically 10 main points and 10 questions to ask you to, to get your thoughts on, on on these points. So hopefully we'll, we'll breeze through it. I, I know that some folks aren't too interested in the technical stuff. So I'm going to try my best to um, make it as light and accessible as possible.
0: You know, I've actually found myself um, trying to like learn live longer Well, listening to a lot of podcasts and reading books now about like health and like the human body and women's health i was just like is this what like getting older is like yeah. i switched to reading books all about like you know because yeah,
1: in our 30s we start noticing our body deteriorating more right yeah and then so like i think this mortality like we're like oh my gosh we're we're dying like <laughs> like I've- you know very slowly right and and so it becomes more front of mind, I think. It makes yeah,
0: sense. I've never reached for those titles uh, in the past. Like in my 20s, I would never reach for, you know, gut health, like hormone balance, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But but now if there's a book like that, I'm like, ooh, I want to learn more about that. Like, that's so interesting. So.
1: so I have 10 key points with 10 questions to start, um, 10 questions to prompt each of these points. So the book that I want to bring that I want to share my key takeaways. There's a lot that the book talks about that I'm not even going to mention in these 10 points. But these are some of the key things that I thought would be interesting to share in a podcast, but also are my takeaways. Mm-hmm. So the first question I have for you, G, what do you, do you, what, do, what do you think are the four diseases that have not improved like our ability to combat them or like, uh, you know, prevent them? Have not improved for the last a hundred years. You don't have to name all four, but like do you have any idea, any guesses? What are the four what what are some of the four diseases that have not improved in the past century?
0: Oh goodness.
1: Just name one then.
0: <laughs> well, something I'm just trying to think, something to do with like a mental health issue. I think. Like a ment like a
1: not where, not what I was ex- Not where I was expecting you to go.
0: <laughs> like specific <laughs> diseases. How specific are we talking about here? Okay, can you give I'm me just, one me, example? Uh, I can I wouldn't be I'll, able to guess all four. So you give Alzheimer's. Me one. Oh.
1: What is the leading cause of death? G. You don't know this stuff? (laughs) No, but yes, that's one of the four. Okay, so to cut the suspense, the four diseases (laughs) that have not improved in the past century is heart disease, cancer, neurodegenerative disease, basically Alzheimer's, and uh, type 2 diabetes.
0: Oh, okay.
1: The reason this is interesting is because... um, Like our ability to stay alive has improved vastly, right? Our, 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 our uh, what's it? Life expectancy has improved. Um, our ability to treat diseases and, and our medicines and our hospitals. So, so much, our ability to stay alive has been so much better. You can't deny that, right? Mm-hmm. But what's so interesting is these four diseases have not improved at, based in any significant way for the past 100 years, people are still dying at the same, at a similar rate from heart disease, from cancer, from Alzheimer's, from diabetes, as they did 100 years ago. And so this book is all about lifespan versus health span. While our lifespan has improved, the amount of time we're alive, the amount of time we are alive and healthy, which means how much time do we spend free of disease, has not improved. And so, medicine. The book talks about medicine 2.0, which is the old medicine, mm-hmm. uh, the medicine that allows us to keep us alive. Let's say, like we had a stroke or we we whatever, and or like we're on palliative care, right? Like let, I, I, that's another sort of follow up question for you. G is like, have you ever thought about? Uh, so it's maybe a bit grim or more or whatever. But have you thought about whether you want to be kept alive if you're like? uh, staple to the hospital bed for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, actually, my friends and I were talking about this the other day, like a would-you-rather question.
1: Yeah. Um, like, is that a life that you want to live? Is worth living?
0: No. Because <laughs> I'm not <laughs> living. Right, moving
1: on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not exactly. living at that so, point. So. so So what Peter Atia is trying to talk about is what he calls Medicine 3.0, which is what we can do to proactively and preemptively tackle these uh these diseases to delay the onset of disease particularly heart disease cancer Alzheimer's diabetes everyone will get this in 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 some greater or milder form as we age but the point is what can we do to delay the onset of it so it's not Mm -hmm. what can we do to live with it which is what what current medicine is all about it's like treating diabetes it's treating cancer it's like no what can we do to to prevent and delay it so this is what the book is all about health span versus
0: lifespan oh that is interesting but i feel like i feel like a lot of the focus is on prevention no
1: no because uh, oh i mean not from his perspective having trained you know in in medical hmm. school and, and being being a surgeon and all that like medicine is very good at like oh you're dying let me prevent you from dying not like oh you have increased levels of um I don't know, like so like basically they're not going to test you when you're 30, mm. right? Like if I go in a doctor and be like, oh, you're fine. But you're not fine because you are already having increased levels of X or Y that yeah. will lead to something. But they don't treat it until it's too late.
0: I see. Yeah. Maybe I'm just noticing it more because like I was talking about earlier, I like want inter- yeah. I mean, th- to- you Interesting, interested to read the about. This is the
1: new, this is the bigger like- I mean this is essentially honestly western medicines versus eastern medicine western mm-hmm. medicine is really good at diagnosing um the problem and trying to treat the symptom eastern medicine is all about what is the root cause yeah what is the what how are you doing holistically because your 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 health and your body is, is a holistic system it's not just like yo just your pancreas or just your heart you know but western oh, medicine yeah, just sure. like looks at like oh your headache well let me do like a brain scan you know like no no no. like yeah. maybe it's stress maybe it's what you're eating
0: yeah i did realize that when i have you ever gone to the dentist and they ask you like do you have any like head yes. headaches yeah. or body pain because everything health things related yeah yes yeah exactly yeah
1: okay you're indulging me way too much you got to keep me moving on
0: okay okay next one
1: <laughs> what next question G, what do you think are the four main pillars of health?
0: Four main, these are really hard questions. <laughs> four main pillars of health, exercise, Correct. diet,
1: correct. Um, wow! If you if you get these four, because it's it's a very vague question, I don't actually expect you to get it.
0: Yeah, I was thinking, like, where where do I go with this, the four pillars no, of health? On the right
1: track. These are the these are two of the four.
0: Exercise, diet. Um.
1: Just give me one more one more guess, because I don't think you'll get all four.
0: See, I want to say something mental again, mental health.
1: Yes, I would say. Yeah, I would say that's true. Uh, How the books I've read frame it is emotional health and relaxation. Okay. And then the fourth pillar is sleep.
0: Oh, okay, of course. Yes.
1: So I really believe that these are the four pillars we have to focus on because not only does this book talk about it, the other book that I love is that I've talked about on many occasions on this podcast is called The Four Pillar Plan by Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. His book he literally talks about the four pillars. He talks yeah. about it as movements, how to move, eat, sleep, and relax better. In this book, Peter Tia talks about exercise, nutrition, sleep, and emotional health. Mm-hmm. So these are it's very clear. These are the four pillars, the four tenets that we have to focus on. And the four pillar plan talks about how it's not good to be an expert on sleep, but not really do good on on, on diet. Right. It's better better that you're like average sleep, average diet, average emotional health and average movement. Like you have to have all four and it's better to be just like average at all of them than just really good at some of them and not good at all uh, of them. So I guess for you, G, do you think you have a good balance for all four of these?
0: Um, I don't think I have a good balance on diet, but maybe everything else.
1: And well, I think actually... something that's really important to, to know is that diet is, not. we don't mean diet as in like how much do you like, Go on a diet. diet yeah, 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 yeah. What constitutes your diet? Like what do you consume into yeah. your body? Yeah.
0: What do I consume? Yeah. What what do you I... think
1: you're best at between uh these four?
0: Ooh. I'm really good at the other three. So <laughs>
1: all the other three.
0: <laughs> all the other three. Um... You're still in that
1: Uber Uber Eats dot passe? Like you're still uh ordering takeout?
0: i'm I'm very much on a roller coaster with my uber eats but yeah it's just like eating like not enough home-cooked meals and just eating too much outside i would say is my biggest weakness and and obviously alcohol consumption (laughs) (laughs) so that's my that's my vice
1: alcohol very badgy
0: i know i know Anyways, okay. that's part of my diet, be, right? Be, so
1: You'll be happy to know and segue to the third question. What pillar is the most important, according to Peter Atia? The most important. They're all important. What's What do you think, if you had to choose one? Sleep. I mean, this is obviously up for debate. Peter said that he used to think nutrition is the most important. Mm-hmm. Now he thinks exercise is the most important.
0: Really? It's not sleep. Maybe no. it's because there's t- so many... Um, so many books and studies out there about sleep right now that I thought it might have been sleep, but okay, exercise
1: like exercise is the most potent uh factor for your longevity
0: Any type of exercise or does he talk about specifically cardiovascular or strength
1: training? Uh, they're all important so that's mm. a great that's a great segue so exercise is broke he breaks down exercise into four main categories and I'll be curious if you do all four strength, stability, aerob- aerobic efficiency, which is zone two cardio, and peak aerobic capacity, which is VO2 max. Are you aware of all the four of these things?
0: I don't know what the difference is between the, the last two. Like, is it like a okay. running versus a hit?
1: That's actually my next question. So we'll talk about that next. Okay. okay. But these, these are the four <laughs> categories of exercise, strength, stability, and two types of cardio. And exercise is the only intervention known to be able to delay the progression of parkinson's and, and neurodegeneration. Basically, mm-hmm. exercise is the only thing that can help you stay mentally well as you age. So mm-hmm. um and like I I mean it, it, when I when I read i, I just a couple just a couple more statistics because it's so fascinating here. Even if you just go from 0 minutes to 90 minutes a week you can reduce your risk of dying from any cause and all causes by 14%, which is, there's no drug out there that can do this for you. And if there is, it's like, uh, you know, it'll cost like thousands of dollars. Yeah. And people who regularly exercise, like you, G, you will live a decade longer than a sedentary person.
0: Is this going to offset my alcohol consumption?
1: Probably. I could <laughs> keep drinking. <laughs>
0: I I mean the, the people commonly say exercise is the best medicine right I it do is. believe yeah
1: have you heard and I and, also and,
0: believe the and, fact that the when you said um, exercise can sort of combat some of those Alzheimer's or dementia like those types of diseases I do believe that because I notice especially if you're someone who takes um, group class or like a dance that i realized because you have to have so much like you're always thinking it's like doing a crossword puzzle in your head all the time you have to constantly remember things you have to constantly like match the the beat of your music to the beat of your like your dancing and like trying to put that all together in your brain it's actually a lot of brain work too and in in addition to you know your body moving
1: i've heard that table tennis is one of the best sports for elderly people because it involves um hand-eye coordination and response and risk fast response time Yep. and and cardio and full body right um the last thing about exercise before i move to cardio is it's just a very interesting thing about like have you heard about grip strength being a thing yes oh you have
0: yes i've been trying to train my grip strength because i realized that when i go and do strength training i could lift more if it weren't that i can't grip (laughs) grip the uh the weights Mm -hmm. because i guess my strength my grip strength isn't so i have one of those um grip strength trainers where you just basically like grasp onto this thing and then you can change the levels the strength at which you're um you you have the settings at and then you can increase your strength
1: apparently grip strength is like the single best way to um lower your risk of dementia Whoa, that's and it's, it's one of the key indicators of your longevity and health span is your grip strength. Mm. OK, number four question, what kind of cardio do you do?
0: I used to do a lot more hit, but now I would say just uh...
1: dancing, right?
0: Dancing, yeah. Or, so um, when you do your dancing
1: stuff. Spin, yeah. When you do a dancing and spin, perhaps, can you imagine, like, if I had to ask you to have a conversation with me while you're doing that, would you be able to?
0: Dancing, maybe? Spin, no. Boxing, no.
1: Like, you can't talk to me at all? No. So the reason I asked you this is because there's a specific type of cardio called zone 2 cardio, like, based on your heart rate that is really important. So he talks about zone two cardio and zone two cardio is basically when you can have a conversation, but it's very hard and you can barely have it and you're like huffing and puffing and it's like you're straining to have it, but you can still have it. That's zone two cardio. It's about 70 to 85% of your maximum heart rate.
0: Yeah. And
1: apparently it's really, really important to train this zone. So if you can do that while you're dancing, then dancing is a really good form of it. And he recommends you do at least three hours a week of zone two cardio, which is a lot. Who gets three hours of zone two cardio a week. Oh my gosh.
0: I've heard this in the past. I've had like when I used to go to these HIT classes, the instructors would, would have these metrics of where you should be at in terms of like how- yeah. um, Your heart rate. Yeah, how hard you're supposed to go. So they would be like, yeah. Okay, now go as if and then go to a point where you cannot hold a conversation anymore. Like get to that point. And then they'll yeah. be like, Okay, dial it back to where you can have a casual conversation now. Cause oh, it's okay. like the yeah, hit exactly. training, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Even so in spin, they'll really be like important. they'll be like, Go as if like um where you should be at now, it's like you're in you're in deep mud and you like cannot <laughs> you, know, you, you cannot ride through this because you're just stuck in this like honey. Um, uh, so yeah, they'll they'll put you at different levels. But so okay, on the other sense.
1: end of this on the other end of the spectrum is your VO two max. And this is really, really interesting because I don't think many of us train this. professional athletes do this. Have you seen those athletes on the bike with the oxygen mask?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's
1: when they're testing their v o two max, I think our friend uh marathon runner friend has tested their v o two max before, and the reason why this is so fascinating because if you just take away one thing from all this random boring facts that David's going on and on about it's that your v o two max is the single most powerful indicator for your longevity, like if you have a high v o two max, that's the best indicator that you will have. That you will live longer. So, what, so what is, is VO two max? <laughs> VO two max is the maximum rate at which a person can utilize oxygen. Basically, it's measured by you exercising at your maximum upper limit of effort. And I say how I think this is very rare because how often do we do that amount of effort? We don't. And mm-hmm. and actually, when you do VO two max testing, it's no one likes it apparently because it's just miserable. You have yeah, to basically you- push yourself to the very maximum. And this is actually how you train. You want to learn about how you train? It's actually very, very simple. You, and they say you only, and he says, you only have to do this once a week, which is, makes it a lot more, I think, sustainable. So what you do is you go all out on some sort of cardio, whether it's running or biking or the rowing machine, something like mm-hmm. that. You go all out, basically like to the point where you think you're going to pass out, but you're not. You do, you do it as much as possible for four minutes. And then you do it lightly for four minutes until you get your heart rate under 100, ideally Mm -hmm. for four Mm -hmm. minutes. And then you go back and you repeat that cycle four to six times. And you just do that for once a week. And that's how you train your VO2 max. Mm. But you have to have that cycle. It's kind of like hit four minutes at maximum, four minutes lightly to try and get your heart rate back to under 100, and then four minutes maximum. So I haven't done this yet, but I want to try this on the the running track where I'm going to like freaking like all out sprint for four minutes and then like walk fast for four minutes.
0: Does he give like a like a BPM threshold that you should be at? Because I, I often find that when they say, Okay, go your Go to your very max i'm like i'm like okay i'm at my max and they're like okay increase it by another level and then you realize that your max was actually not your max and that you could have gone to more of your max so
1: no he doesn't say because everyone it's it's everyone changes everyone's different right your maximum rate yeah so um anyway you should should go
0: try it and report back
1: okay (laughs) uh number five question what is the leading cause of accidental deaths in those sixty-five years and older? Like, what's the what? Falling. Ha- yes. How do you know this?
0: I just it just made sense to me. Okay. People, well, f- old people fall.
1: Yeah, yeah. So these are not <laughs> meant to be hard questions, but you said you found the early ones harder. Yeah, falling because oh. I
0: didn't know how to answer it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, up to one third of seniors. Who fractured their hip from falling? So this is morbid, but will we'll, we'll die within one year.
0: Oh, because of a fracture.
1: I don't know how or why, but within one year of fracturing your hip, if you're over 65, one third of you will die. Oh. <laughs> so oh, no. don't fall and fracture your hip if you're over 65.
0: Yeah. So is, is the Peter? Is it Peter? Peter. Peter is he saying don't fall is that the no <laughs> He's that the saying antidote
1: the antidote is strength training
0: oh okay build your strength so that if you fall you won't
1: uh no it's so that you won't fall because the reason why oh. you fall is because your muscles are not strong enough to keep you upright right like mm-hmm. when you trip you have that sudden motion where you're like course correct mm-hmm. and then when you're young you're fine because your, your muscles are strong your response time is fine but when you're older, your your muscles are just not strong enough to like hold yourself keep upright. Your, yeah, when yourself you're off up. balance. So actually, one of the things that is really a really good indicator is to see whether you can stand on one leg for thirty seconds. If you can do that as you age, you're you're probably fine. But if you can't, then you need to train because you're gonna fall if you can't. Like you're gonna fall more if you can't like balance on one leg for thirty seconds.
0: Okay, I'm gonna go tell my mom to do that. See if she can do it.
1: Yeah, I I I I asked my dad to do that when he was visiting yeah. me this summer. He's like, yeah. that's easy. Yeah, I mean, like, he couldn't. He 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 struggled to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. So strength training is really important, um, and it's really important, part, particularly because it's hard to put on muscle mass when you get older. Hmm. So it's like I think it's why like you and it's actively like, yeah.
0: deteriorating too. Well, that's it's actually like the you thing. have I didn't that get time
1: to talk. Yeah. Sorry
0: i was gonna i was gonna say I think you have that working against like it's deteriorating also and also it's harder to build up, so you have like two factors working against you isn't there
1: yes i w- i didn't mention that earlier, but i was gonna I, I was gonna say that, which is that you have to get basically you have to be elite now in your twenties thirties and forties because you are co- actively combat you have to armor yourself against a precipitous drop in yeah. your in your body with every decade so if you're a- if your average health now that's not good enough to be healthy in your in your later life if you want to yeah. be healthy later you have to not only be above average you have to be in the top five or t- top five percent which is very which is crazy um but yeah you basically you gotta while you're still young which is probably like 40 and under you've got to make sure you're in the upper echelon actual echelon Because Echelon, echelon, yeah, because you will deteriorate as you age, and I think that's why you got to be like, like you know, Schwarzenegger or like, um, or like The Rock, like you have a really strong baseline so that you can come back the effects of aging.
0: Mm Hmm. I mean, (laughs) that's a very strong baseline. (laughs) I don't know if the average person can be have that as a baseline, but yeah, I mean, regular health, regular exercise is definitely super important especially when you and also it just gets you into that habit for later in life too like if you if you start now later in life you'll just you'll keep going
1: number six do you monitor your egg consumption do you eat eggs
0: my egg consumption um i don't eat a lot of eggs
1: you don't eat eggs but have you heard of the thing like oh don't eat too many eggs in one day
0: I've heard, yeah, like don't eat too many egg yolks in one day because of the high, uh, is it cholesterol levels? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Okay, so with this and all other tips, don't take my word for it. Go do your own research or read this book. I'm just telling you what the book says, okay? I obviously don't know anything. But dietary cholesterol, cholesterol that we take in from food that we eat, like eggs, doesn't have anything to do with heart disease, What causes problems is not cholesterol, actually. It's the particle in your body. It's the protein that carries the cholesterol. And there's um, a good version of that and a bad version of that. And that's Mm -hmm. why people talk about good and bad cholesterol. There's no good and bad cholesterol. It's HDL
0: and LDL.
1: Yes. Wow. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's what's what's, uh, what do you you've heard of this?
0: Yeah, and I always get the two mixed up because I remember like what like the one that I think is good is not the good one and the one that I think is the yeah, best, I always LDL get Yeah. LDL is up. not good. Yeah.
1: Low, density lower, lipo, yeah. low density lipoprotein. Um and anyway, and so there's a whole thing about that. I'm not even going to try and explain because I'm not I don't have the training no, or the knowledge. Now it's the
0: technical stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But go if you're like, "Oh, curious. Oh, I don't believe him." Just go just go research it about uh about cholesterol. And you know what uh case in point my dad was like danger levels of cholesterol Mm -hmm. his doctor he he was diagnosed and he like severely restricted his diets and he was because he was having health problems and stuff but like this time he visited me he's like hey did you know son that cholesterol thing is bs i eat anything and everything now and like i'm fine i'm like I just read about this in this book two <laughs> weeks ago, but my dad's like on top of it. He's like, "Yeah, that, yeah. like that dietary cholesterol thing is BS. Like, there's, uh, there's, it, it's, it's not just, it's not all about that it, anyway."
0: Huh? I thought you were gonna say something like eggs are actually super bad for you. And I'm like, oh man, but all the brain health people say that no, the eggs are, are like so the best for thing for your brain. Yeah,
1: so. I eat two eggs every morning.
0: Yeah, I, I should eat more eggs.
1: Um, can I keep going? Seven number seven. Yep. Do you you look at someone thin or slim, and you think like, oh, they're pretty fit, they're pretty healthy, right? Wrong.
0: I just think (laughs) they have a high metabolism.
1: So here, here you go. Twenty to forty percent of people who are not obese are. Metab, metab, metabic, how do you say this word? Metabolically. There we go. 20 to 40% of non-obese people are metabolically unhealthy. On the other side, one third of people who are considered obese by their BMI index are metab... Meta, meta, <laughs> fuck me.
0: Metabolically.
1: <laughs> one third of obese people, according to their BMI, are metabolically healthy.
0: I think we should cut this clip and put it on social media. This is the clip that's going to get us viral. <laughs> okay.
1: Have Have you heard of this idea that like just because healthy. you're thin doesn't mean you're healthy? You You could be un, Oh like, yeah. Unhealthy fit thin.
0: <laughs> unhealthy fit thin. Yeah, I've. I mean, I've heard that, but then, know? like, yeah. then I also hear then. The opposite is not true. Like, If you are actually classified as like obese, according to BMI, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean you can be healthy, right?
1: Well, there's different types of health. We're talking about metabolic health, uh, which is... Um, anyway, technical. You can Google that if you want. Uh, I didn't want to get into it. But one third of people who are obese, according to BMI, are metabolically healthy. That's the point. Um, I think... There's another obese is like there's different grades, right? Obese might be by BMI might be like one step further, but there's like many steps worse than obese. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so the, the 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 takeaway here is, I mean, I have some many thoughts about um, the body positive body positivity movement. Um, I don't think that we should glamorize people who are super overweight. Obviously. Like, but you look at them and it's like, no, that's not, this is not a, this is not a
0: a healthy, healthy.
1: but, um, the point is that just if you're like a little chubby or like, whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're unhealthy. You can be Mm -hmm. healthy if you're, and at the same time, if you're very thin and slim, it doesn't mean you're healthy. I think that's the thing that I really stand behind or that I believe in. Uh, And so we shouldn't look at like, oh, just because you don't have six pack, it doesn't mean that you're like not fit. Mm-hmm. i mean, remember physical 100 did you watch physical 100
0: yeah i watched i watched a few episodes
1: anyway there are people there are people there that are like a little chubby but like super strong and like they're like athletes so they're, they're like obviously healthy in terms of their their exercise um, degrees but the point i want to mention here is that total body fat percentage is not the most important thing it's about visceral fat have you heard of visceral fat versus subcutaneous fat
0: is this the same as like the brown fat
1: Brown fat is yeah. I don't know if it's the same. I think that's, a, that's something different. But we don't have to get into mm-hmm. the technical part. The point is that like, don't worry too much about your weight or your fat percentage, mm-hmm. unless you're like, you
0: know, yeah, like a th- at a certain point you should probably yeah should, at a certain point yeah yeah.
1: But if you're like you know a little little chubby or like super skinny, um, it it might not be the the be all end all. What you want to mm-hmm. look at is your visceral visceral fat is bad. Um, visceral fat is the fat that has like. Uh, there's too much fat just around uh, your organs but, yeah around your organs and yeah. that's like the bad fat
0: yeah so there's how do you know? good
1: fat and bad fat um you can know well i mean my my scale tells me that i don't know how accurate it is but my scale mm, tells yeah. me my visceral fat and subcutaneous fat
0: my scale um, has that too can, but i just i just it. use it as a trend thing versus how accurate the number actually is
1: mm, right okay okay have you heard of the risks of eating red meat?
0: I have. But I, I've also heard people debunk that. So which yeah. side is Peter on?
1: So Peter's on the side of debunking it. Okay. Because there is a very famous Harvard study, uh, maybe in 2017 or something, that, was, that, that uh, documented how eating red meat Increases your risk of colon, can- colon cancer by seventeen percent, but his point is that these epidemiological studies you have to take with a grain of salt because, mm-hmm. like for example, let's say smoking. Right, smoking is a very established correlation to lung cancer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, there is a clear causation there, not just correlation. Yeah. The percentage that the percentage increase in lung cancer due to smoking. Is not 17%. It's between 1000 to 2500%. That's causation. Yeah. If you increase your risk of colon cancer by 17%, but your risk of colon cancer to begin with is 0.5%, 17% increase of 0.5% is like negligible. So this is the risk, right, of these studies. But like, news they like to they like to look uh, grab onto this and be like oh my god you're, you're gonna increase your cancer risk by 17 percent. okay but yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. well what's your baseline what are you starting and also is this correlation or is it causation
0: yeah, yeah yeah so
1: he's not saying disregard all of this it's just saying that you always have to take these studies with a grain of salt because we never really know if it's causation or correlation until it becomes overwhelming like smoking to like 2500 percent
0: so he's saying so red think, meat is but not, he's not
1: necessarily saying that red meat is good, but he's just saying like the studies is not conclusive.
0: Oh, OK. So this was this was a lesson on um, scientific on how to research. Read. <laughs> uh, on, a lesson on
1: how to read the news. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: OK. Because I, I've 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 saw I've seen these headlines and I've like cut back on like red meat for like environmental reasons, but also health reasons. Um, I was, was like going to say the environmental reason
0: is another one. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Health wise, I think yeah. maybe we don't need to be as uh, picky.
0: Yeah, nice. You can uh, still two, have that steak. Two, two more,
1: two more questions for you. G, are you conscious of your protein intake in general? Um. Well, you say you're bad at diet. You're you a diet, so I'm guessing no.
0: No, no. I should be. I used to be, and then not anymore. But I don't think I get enough protein. For
1: so, according to Peter, he says that we need way more protein than the general daily recommended minimum he recommends one gram per pound of body weight per day so like if i am let's say 150 pounds i should have 150 grams that's even less
0: than what i've heard
1: and this equation is apparently triple the minimal recommend recommendation
0: yeah so the recommendation is very very low but what like i think experts have recommended was one uh one gram or even 1.5 grams to every pound yeah of body weight
1: so i try to eat a lot more protein now and you know my cousin that visited recently from hong kong she's really health conscious and she talked about this a little bit about like oh how much protein am i taking in how much carbs and stuff and she's like david guess guess what i eat for breakfast every day i'm like what she's like one whole chicken breast like,
0: wow
1: that is intense how do you
0: I, digest that <laughs> i feel like I that
1: must be... <laughs> one chicken breast that's pretty big yeah and freaking expensive
0: yep well that's why so, like so many people that. supplement with powders right Is because like you it's so hard to eat that much yeah. protein a day
1: yeah so like i i used to eat one egg every morning and then now i was like okay so how much protein she was like, I think she said that a uh, uh, chicken breast has around 20 grams of protein. And I was yeah. like, okay, what about eggs? Said, I, don't, I don't count this stuff. I don't know. And she's like, uh, she's like oh, an egg is around five grams. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, I'm going to- An egg is more fat,
0: two. I think, than it is protein.
1: <laughs> Aren't eggs a good source of protein?
0: They are, but I think like people eat eggs. I mean, unless you're just eating egg whites, because that's where all the protein is. But if you're just eating a bunch of eggs, I think there's a lot like there's a high fat content with an egg oh, okay. so you got to watch like your fat versus your protein balance maybe you should just start drinking egg whites and then you'll get <laughs> a lot of protein in
1: i have one final question and this one is more for ug specifically because okay you've been doing the sauna stuff right
0: yep or the cold hot ro- rotating yeah. therapy thing so Yeah,
1: saunas are actually really like hot, heat deliberate heat exposure is super healthy, we, which we've alluded to it. But I want to see if you just if you know just how healthy it is. Which is so. The question is, how much does dry sauna use? What percentage? How much percentage does dry saunas use prevents Alzheimer's, heart disease, and stroke? Your I risk. wouldn't
0: have I wouldn't have thought very high. like. It just intuitively, I'm like that probably is not very high. To prevent. Or do you three. want
1: to get give a number? Like, decrease your risk by how much percent? So less
0: than that. Dry I think.
1: dry sauna use lowers your risk of Alzheimer's by sixty five percent.
0: No way!
1: And it really? lowers your risk of heart disease and stroke by fifty percent.
0: So All right, get this back in the sauna. I'm going after this. <laughs>
1: But well, how much sauna use do you do, though?
0: Uh, not a lot. I have a sauna in my apartment, and I haven't really used it. So,
1: Because apparently, to get these benefits, they recommend four times a week.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, how <laughs> much sauna yeah. use do you have to do?
1: Four times a week, 20 minutes per session.
0: Mm.
1: so that's 80 minutes a week of sauna use
0: yeah to, to, i know there's focus. some people in my building that go in every single morning because i swim I, when i when i went swimming there do you know how
1: there. hot it is in your sauna
0: no but i can't imagine it to be that hot i think wood saunas are the hottest right and i well, okay ours is not wooden sauna so i well,
1: don't it, think it, it's it that says hot. that it's 82 degrees celsius or hotter four times a week so you can take a look next time bring a thermometer
0: well, the one at the uh the sauna place that we went to, it was like 121 degrees Celsius or something like that. But I was like, it can't, that must be just in, like, it's the sauna. It's not the wood. possible. It is not the actual sauna. So I don't know. They don't have a really, maybe, yeah, I'll bring a thermometer next time.
1: Okay. Thanks for indulging me. Those 10 questions. Hopefully that some kind of, I don't know, interesting to, I try my best. There's to a lot of in good tips in
0: way. there. So yeah, I was surprised by some of them.
1: So to summarize, uh, let me just summarize it really quickly. Yeah. Use a sauna, eat more protein. Take health news with a grain of salt. Exercise. Don't focus too much on your body image unless you're crazy overweight. Ch- cholesterol, eating cholesterol is not necessarily bad. Don't fall if you're over 65 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Run really fast for four minutes every week. <laughs> <laughs> Prioritize exercise above all else. Also get the nutrition, sleep, and emotional health. And finally, prevent disease. Don't just treat it.
0: So out of the four, exercise, diet, sleep, and mental health, which one do you think you're the best at and worst at?
1: I think I'm bad at all of them <laughs> actually no i'm good at I'm good with my diet. Oh. I, that's probably why I'm best at. I uh, try to eat very healthy.
0: or opposites.
1: <laughs> I'm probably worse at uh at uh, exercise, ironically.
0: Oh, really. Yeah. I thought you got yourself into a groove.
1: Uh consistency, right?
0: mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so gonna get back uh, onto your hit exercises.
1: Yeah, so that's it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully people found that interesting. I I, thought that was
0: interesting. Hopefully, the main thing is like
1: we want you to, uh, we want to share some of our learnings that you will go and do your own research about. Like, because we're not, well, at least when it comes to the science and health stuff, I'm not the expert, right? Um, But I guess for the stuff that she talks about, that's less like technical, so it's fine. You can take our advice if you want. But, um, like, obviously don't go and eat more protein just because I told you to.
0: <laughs> well, you should, I think.
1: Yeah, <laughs> if I'm you're just not saying, like, that dis- dis- disc- disclaimer that's is universal. that we're not, yeah. we're- it's like chat GPT, right? Chat- Whenever you ask anything, chat GPT, you're is like, um, yeah. you should really consult an expert. I'm like, no, this is not the point of chat GPT. Just Give me the freaking answer.
0: Well, I think, you know, anything obviously health related you should go do your own research it's different for every person so yes yes um, yes yes yes. yeah but this is
1: what the books this is what the book talks about and the book is Mm -hmm. written by an expert so that's sort of why i feel comfortable sharing some of my takeaways
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah
0: yeah very interesting did you find any of those things surprising or is it again stuff that you knew but you just never implemented or were those things that like these things Uh, that you picked out
1: (sighs) I think the cholesterol part was interesting, knowing that there's uh, at at best mixed evidence for our for our relation to cholesterol. Yeah, Um, but I really didn't realize
0: the sauna one. That sauna one surprised me.
1: I mean, deliberate heat exposure is is a thing, though you know about Mm -hmm. that.
0: I just didn't realize the uh, the benefits in terms of against the uh, the different disease those types of diseases.
1: I think my main takeaway honestly from this book is that is how important it is to actively live a healthy lifestyle early on to combat the as I said the precipitous drop in in your health just due to aging alone. So it's like it's it's never too late but it's never early enough.
0: Yeah. Best time to start so, was 10 years ago. Second best yeah. time is today. Okay. Um <laughs> I i am i had a question what was it oh didn't the author talk about why those four diseases have not been like have yeah, not gone down
1: is it because, yes, it's because not, people
0: don't talk about preventative uh, because it's not
1: sexy it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make money you can't sell drugs on it hmm.
0: yeah because it's all stuff that you're doing yourself like exercise it's all for free sleep yeah
1: sleep better go to the gym i mean the gym is not necessarily free but you know exercise is free yeah um relax more and uh and eat better like you don't need the hospital for any of these things
0: Mm -hmm. so you got to go out there and learn for yourself okay cool
1: okay so next week um what we want to do is, uh, we have a guest episode coming up, but not next week. Uh, next week we're going to do a catch up uh, on life and stuff. But part of that mm-hmm. is we want to actually talk about some of the listener feedback we've been getting. So if you mm-hmm. have any thoughts or opinions or like, damn it, David, stop like spewing disinformation. Like, let us know. DM our Instagram that that thirty show pod. Let us know your thoughts. We're gonna uh, aggregate and collate all of the listener feedback we've gotten from the season so far and share with you all because you all have some really interesting thoughts on you know climate change on um what else on on passion and hard work and purpose in life and so like if you have any feedback on thoughts on this episode any previous episode yeah let us know we're going to talk about it next next week as well as um how life has been maybe why i was uh, away last week and stuff like that
0: cool i didn't even know so that'll be interesting yeah okay right that's it. So next week is an uncut and then the following week we're going to have a guest on. So stay tuned. It's going to be fun.
1: It's going to be fun. It's, got a, it's right. a long episode this week so I'm not going to do the full spiel but just if you enjoy this content help us out by uh, sharing with a friend. That would be great. Please. That's Please it. and thank you. Oh, Happy All Thanksgiving. Right.
0: Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. We will talk about that next week because I haven't talked about Thanksgiving yet and it's my favorite holiday. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right.
1: Bye. 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 Bye.